Welcome to Newsworthy with Norisworthy. Get ready for some awesome. Well, hello there, friends. We've got a good one for you today. We recorded this conversation in Nashville, Tennessee at the Thistle Farms Cafe, Becca Stevens' home turf. It was a fun one. I think you're going to enjoy it. And you can even hear the life of the shop right behind her. Now, but first, let's get to our sponsor for this month. It is the 2016 Pepperdine University Bible Lectures, May 3rd through 6th, on the beautiful campus of Pepperdine University. The theme is Cruciform, Living in Light of the Jesus Story. If you go to the link that we'll have uh, in the notes here, uh, they will tell you about inexpensive room and board options that are available, which are on the stunning campus of Pepperdine University. But let me tell you about the speakers who are going to be there. Actually, my daughter is going to tell you. What speaker are you most excited about being at the Pepperdine Lectures this year, Avery? Ruby Bridges. Ruby? She picks Ruby Bridges over her own father. Can't blame her, though. Ruby Bridges is outstanding. N.T. Wright will also be there. Greg Boyd. Others from the podcast that you'd recognize, like Richard Beck, Jonathan Stormont, Sean Palmer... Wade Hodges, and plenty more. So I hope to see you there at the Pepperdine Bible Lectures. It's a great event. I've been to it multiple times, and I'm excited to be there again this year. And I hope you will join me May 3rd through 6th, Malibu, California. And now, without further ado, our favorite Thistle Farms president, <laughs> Becca Stevens. Here we go. I'm taller yeah, on the internet. I do, don't I? Yes. It's like, my God, how tall is she? She's a monster. Is that the Eiffel Tower next to her, even? (laughs) Is that good? Yeah. Hey, since we're in the coffee shop, we're going to have to stay close. Otherwise, we get too much background noise. So talk like this. Talk like, like really, seriously? Your son's like a musician, and your husband's one. Okay, so what about this? What? Levi just got his first, Levi the son, just got his first single, Steven Tyler's Red, White, and You, his country debut Mm -hmm. album. Hold on, say that again? Okay, you know Aerosmith. He wrote with Steven Tyler a song called Red, White, and You, and so it's now been released this week to country, and it's his very, very first single. It's like his baptism into it. And he has Steven Tyler singing a song that... Mm -hmm. Yes, I mean, that's that's what writers do. They write songs with artists in the hopes that the artists then love it and cut it and make them... Money. <laughs> <laughs> Making money. How awesome is that? It's really fun. I see you tweet about him all the time. Well, he's he's got a record deal, and it's like all supposedly happening like in the next four to six weeks. With It's a big machine label. And so they keep putting him out there, and they keep putting him out there. to. And then Levi, our son, says, retweet me, retweet me. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, trying, I'm happy to help. Do you, do you have more followers than him? I do. Oh, wow. Is that like a That will switch in a second. Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as Levi hits, mm-hmm. you know, then I'll be saying, retweet me, retweet me. <laughs> <laughs> do you make him like, hey, if you do come home and like do the dishes, I'll retweet you? No. You know what, though? He has a heart for like Thistle Farms, for mm-hmm. helping people. So like when he has a break, he's over here helping. He loaded boxes all during the winter break. You don't have to ask him to do it. He he loves helping out. Mm-hmm. So so that's the easy part. That's the easy part. And like uh-huh. when he goes to do his radio tour, mm-hmm. he is um, taking to every country radio station in the country that he's doing his radio tour for candles from Thistle Farms is to spread really? the love. Mm-hmm. I spread love the it. light and love, baby. Oh, that's so good. Is he going to come to Austin where I live now? Yeah. He is? Yeah. Where Where do you live? I just moved to Austin like uh, two or three months ago. Are you liking it? Yeah, it's good. 
I That's like awesome. It. Yeah, so if he's down there. He but did you move because of the podcast? It's easier to podcast from mm-hmm. Austin? Yeah, my whole life revolves around the podcast. And I also got a job down there. Oh. So, but really it was, <laughs> you know what? I want to fly out of Austin to do podcasts instead of Dallas. No, that's not true at all. I just got, <laughs> I got a job. <laughs> Wait a minute. I love the planes in Austin. They're mm-hmm. amazing. I love that to do connecting flights into Dallas every time I go somewhere. <laughs> and I just wanted to do that more. That's why I moved to Austin. No, no, I, I got a just different job. What is the job? I work at a church. You rather not say? I, is I'll it say, bad? No, I am. Is it undercover <laughs> church? It's. I'm actually in the CIA. <laughs> I'm an operative that flies around the world saving the day under the guise of being a preacher. That is so smart. Yeah. I thought it would oh be pretty gosh. neat. Yeah. And when you say, Jesus, it's code for something? Mm-hmm. I'm about to stab you. Dang. Yeah, that's why you, <laughs> you better cross your fingers and hope I don't say Jesus. <laughs> right now. No, but what is the job at the church? For I, reals, for reals. It is the Westover Hills Church of Christ, uh-huh. and I am the senior minister. So, that's so scary. Is it scary for me, or is it scary for the church? For that, you. Okay. The word senior in front of the word minister to see me. You seem so baby to be able to do that. <sighs> that, is that a, I'll take that as a compliment. Oh, my God, yes. You're stunning, obviously. But <laughs> but I'm saying that's like that seems like a big church to have a senior minister. That means there's other ministers there as well, mm-hmm. which means it's a big church. And so that's the part that's scary to me, truly. Like, is it? That's a big responsibility. Hmm. Okay, you're Episcopal. Episcopalian. I am. You get, is that a hard word for you? <laughs> <laughs> Does it yeah. scare you? It is. We have Episcopalian Church right next door. And they don't have words like senior minister. They have rector and curate, which mm-hmm. makes me feel like you're at a museum. How about that the bishops are called primates? <laughs> that really makes you feel like you're at... Like I don't, a, that I, doesn't make any sense to me at all. I don't feel good about that. It's true, though. They're called primates. Primate? Uh-huh. A bishop I, is called a primate. Well, I guess we know where your stance on evolution is. Obviously, mm-hmm. if you're calling bishops primates. Mm-hmm. And they're unevolved, I guess. I, I don't know what to say about so, that. So, wait, though. What's the Episcopal Church next door? It's called St. Matthew's. I don't know. It. I've have you been to Austin? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. What have you done in Austin? Mostly just eaten near the river. <laughs> is that wrong? No, it's a great thing to do. Um, we went... Um, I can't remember the name of the church. I'd have to go back and mm-hmm. look. But there's a... Uh, several people there that have been really trying to help with helping women come off the streets and mm-hmm. the trafficking, anti-trafficking movement. It's been a good thing. Mm-hmm. Which, that's like your bread and butter. That's what you do. That's your thing. That's my whole thing right now. When people think changing the world, they think Becca Stevens. <laughs> I do, at least. That's so nice. I want to show you around, too. I Can want I you to see this whole place. Okay. I would love to. Can you do that? Do you have, like, a mobile podcast thing? So if I take you around, you can... We can carry all this. No, I mean, I there's no way. You don't have a mobile system. No. No mobile system. It'd be fun to see, like, hear all the manufacturing, the pouring of candles. I walked downstairs, and I was looking for a spot down there, and so I saw things. Mm-hmm. Is Do the candles actually get made here? Mm-hmm. Really? Everything does. And, like... We're two million in sales this year, and it's um, you know for the fiscal year, I mean, which not is to brag growing. Or anything, but no, but it's growing really, really fast. And so you'll see everything is manufactured out of this space. It's like unbelievable how you get that much product out of this little space. Really, which reminds me, I hate I hate doing a podcast if I have ashy skin. So I brought my trusty <laughs> Thistle Farm body bomb, which I keep with me in my office all day long because I I hate to do sermon writing with 
no. dry skin. You know, your hands are glistening. I know. I kind of put a little bit too much on. No, it's perfect. Does It'll it soak in? This I feel like an angel right now. My hands are glistening, <laughs> but I do use this. This is good stuff. This will form body balm Aww. for that deep down body thirst. Is that the tagline for that? I think it's another product that has it that. Is, it, what, it, the deep down body thirst, what would that be? I, don't, I think that might be a soda of some sort. Yes. Yeah. Can I tell you a story? So uh, I'm flying down here, or last night, and I'm perusing through your book, um, Letters from a Farm, and um, I start crying on the plane. So thanks a lot for that. I'm just sitting on the plane. I'm just like, oh, I'm starting to cry right now. Do you feel bad about that, making me do that? Because it's kind of embarrassing. What did you read? Your book. But what was it in the book? I don't You were talking. It's So it's like a de- devotional, and uh-huh. I'm reading through the winter section. Uh-huh. And so there's a lot of stuff about death. And you say, like, life is about learning how to say hello and goodbye. Mm. And then you talk about, like, you you have this, like, really special, like, pastoral or you might say priestly moment where you you you're talking with this person who's at the end of their life and you say something about uh dive in or something and it was just this really beautiful thing about dealing with the mortality of us i know i do think um i think one of the biggest privileges of being a senior pastor or priest is getting to be with people when they let go and watching and learning from everybody i mean i think that's one of like you have a ringside seat at what that looks yeah. like and watching it and, and learning from people and thinking, oh, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to do it. This is, yeah. this is so beautiful that you live and you love people and then you can let it go and you dive in that. I mean, that to me would be a successful life mm-hmm. if I could, you know, I don't know, just live with grace and then really, really die with grace. Mm. I always think of like being a pastor, like you're saying, you get to, to step into those sacred moments where like the, the divide between like heaven and earth, it gets really thin and mm. you get to walk in these like transcendent moments. Uh, death is one of those that's really overwhelming for me. Uh, obviously, if people know any of your story, you've experienced death a lot. And mm-hmm. it's unfortunately something that's been part of your story. Uh, your dad died when you were seven or eight or something like that How five five yeah. but thanks for reminding me <laughs> i was not thinking about that this morning i'm just teasing i'm teasing <laughs> gosh can i tell you that might have been one of the reasons i was bawling because i feel like that is my i'm not gonna cry right now that is my worst nightmare in life because i have three daughters mm-hmm. and i have a seven and a four and almost a two-year-old and there's nothing that terrifies me more than that Leaving happening him. to him i know and maybe i like you because You've survived my worst nightmare as a dad, mm. and you've turned out so well. Oh, and the thing is, is that you don't, I mean, I don't think you leave people when you die. I think my dad's been a huge part yeah. of my life. What does that look like, though? It looks like um, stories, and it looks like pictures, and it looks like dreams, and it mm-hmm. looks like feelings, and it looks like um, people can recall your dad in you. Mm. So, like somebody that might have known my dad. Um, will come up and say something like you really you remind me blank because of your dad and it's like my hands are my dad's I didn't know Mm -hmm. you know it's like because I don't know my dad's hands except through other people's reflections Mm -hmm. you you have a section in the book where you talk about um like you find one of your mom's hairs like Uh, after yeah I don't mean to get all cry this morning I really we're we're gonna stop very soon because I don't like to deal with my emotions this much this is I don't do that 
I went to a therapist once, and he said, have you thought about dealing with your emotions more? And my first thought was, hmm, I'll think about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Or um, I'm not paying for this. Yeah, I'm like, this is... <laughs> Forget I'm, it. I want my I'm money out. back. Yeah. But you, like, you, you find a hair, and it reminds you of your mother who had passed away like a year ago. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in the book, you said like 20 years later, you're still like re- being reminded of mm-hmm. letting go and all that. I don't think you maybe letting go is the right phrase because mm-hmm. you're not ever really letting go. Well, it was like what I did, my mom had was famous for her braid. And famous, I mean, everybody that knew her, she had this just long, really? great hair. And she died when she was, you know, much older than my dad. She made it into her 60s, so she died at like 62. And she still had this long, black, thick braid down her back. Mm-hmm. Not a gray hair on her head. Not because she fixed it. It was just that she just... <laughs> She had great hair. Yeah. She had really great hair. And so when, before she died, we cut her braid off. Um, she um, got Ho- Hawkins Crucifield, which is like mad cow, and she really couldn't, hmm. you know, function. And it was really tragic. And we cut her braid off, and I saved it for a long time. Hmm. And um, didn't know what to do with it, really, except just like, I didn't want it cremated. I don't know why. I couldn't, I yeah. can't explain it. But um, anyway, so it was about a year after death, and there was, you know, we had hospice and cared for her at home, and there was still this long black hair, and it was one strand of hair, and I had had so many rituals of letting go of that amazing woman. And then I was like, I had to go outside, you know, to the woods and Mm -hmm. let that hair go. And I was (laughs) like, oh, my God, how many times am I going to bury her? My Lord. You know, it's like, it is, it's strand by strand, these people that we love, that we can let go a little bit and let go mm-hmm. a little bit and then you find something else you know that mm. you hold on to mm. and you're like now i gotta let this go too gum it <laughs> yeah okay i'm getting too emotional here we're gonna change the subject here because i can't deal with this um it's too early for this this much feeling but the good thing is to me is that you know i mean i can come in and out of those emotions and what i think is that all those people that I love are so much a part of my life, and I'm so grateful for that. And I'm such a faithful daughter because of it. Hmm. Like, that's one of the ways, like, I don't like not thinking about it because I think remembering them and loving them still, I'm such a faithful daughter. Even if I don't have parents, I'm hmm. a faithful daughter. That's beautiful. Do you, do you, I guess you tell stories to your son because he probably was too young to. Yeah, I have three boys, and. Obviously, none of them. But you only retweet one of them, right? Only one of them's in the music business that says, "Mom, retweet, retweet me. me." But the other, would you retweet other the one, others if they did anything good? They do do okay. Good I just stuff. I don't know why you hate my other children. I just no, I don't <laughs> hate them. I would retweet them. I like the tweets that you post about the my one other son two kids your favorite. Don't want to tweet? Mm-hmm. Okay. They're, they they do Instagram. Okay. Well, I don't do that. So right, and people have their different favorite social mediums. Mm-hmm. Do you see you have your favorite son? Is that what you said? Yes. I said, I love, love my baby son, obviously. Uh-huh. Moses. Mm-hmm. Aww. Moses. He's my favorite. Was he in a basket ever? You know what? He was. Mm-hmm. But only because I put him in there for Halloween his first <laughs> year. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the same thing. No, not the same I thing. I placed him gently in the basket <laughs> and didn't let him near water. <laughs> that's probably a better parenting move. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think it was a good lesson for him. Yeah. You could have been in the river, yeah, brother. You're welcome. We <laughs> saved you. No, so Moses, our youngest, is in high school, and then our middle son, Caney, is in college. He's a sophomore in college. And then our oldest one 
is 24, and he's the one in the music business, like his daddy. Like your dad? Like his dad? He's a daddy in Nashville. Diddy? His my daddy. My m- daddy. My daddy? My daddy. He's no. like, your, your husband's like a guitarist, or I'm not really musically talented. But he has like a Grammy or something, right? I saw that on the internet. <laughs> you, you are a stalker. I, I was am. wondering. That's the reason I do the podcast is like, man, is he stalking? No, he's just doing research. Right. And right. it sounds less creepy. Not really. No? No, not really. A little really. bit creepy? It's a little creepy. One to ten. No, one. Okay, Thank so you. Marcus, my husband, he mm. the Grammy he won was for a song called Bless the Broken Road that he wrote. Do you know that song? Like the Rascal Flatts yeah. song? He was that guy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he wrote, oh my gosh, all your people in Austin, because you're your hometown. He oh. wrote two of the Dixie Chick hits. He wrote um, Cowboy Take Me Away. Really? Uh-huh, and Ready to Run. And he's written a whole bunch of country songs. Can we go to rant about Dixie Chicks for a second? Yeah. I was just thinking about them the other day because they came on the radio. And then I thought. They oh, did? They never play them on the radio That's my anymore. point. And then so I went on a little Spotify kick about them. And then. Research. And research. Exactly. For the podcast. Because I knew this might come up. Since obviously I knew your husband wrote those songs. Um, but the song. Like the whole like anti-war thing. Mm-hmm. Like that was kind of like the end of their. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, right? Isn't mm-hmm. that the story? Yeah, that they were in a concert in like Germany, maybe? Says something not nice I don't know, but she George said w. like, I'm ashamed that Bush is from Texas. Yeah. See, that probably doesn't go over too well with George W. fans in Texas. I'm just guessing. Evidently, it didn't. But You're not guessing. It didn't. No. But and for all those poor songwriters that were making a ton of money on the radio. <laughs> like your and husband. they pulled <laughs> all the music off the radio. Oh, and we were no. like, I was walking there going, I don't think it's that bad. Come on, y'all. Let's listen to the Dixie Chicks. Let's love the Dixie Chicks. I was like, God, no, that money's gone. Oh, no. It happened so fast. Really? Yeah. There was no, like, budgeting time. No, you were living the high life, and then mm-hmm. you're just He had back-to-back number one songs with the Dixie Chicks when that happened. Oh. The last two singles were my husband's. Really? Uh-huh. And they were in Germany, and all of a sudden it just stopped, and we were like, oh, that's sad. <laughs> that breaks my heart. And your bank account, because... Yeah, it was yeah. over. Oh, no. And but, it was really, like, for a couple years, it was kind of amazing. Uh, what do you mean it was amazing? I'm just saying having... the It was probably the largest selling record, Fly, was the name of the record, mm-hmm. on country radio on sales in every way and we were like literally back-to-back number one singles with that record Mm -hmm. and we thought we're done we don't neither one of us can never work again work again we don't have to care about anybody we don't have to do anything Mm -hmm. we smoke cigars by the poolside and just you know flip through the wall street journal and wonder what we're going to do with the rest of the money (laughs) (laughs) and then it was over you could have started a podcast (sighs) ah Yeah. <gasps> no, but why did you want to talk about that? I don't know. I just thought of. I just think it is interesting, and also I think that there's some sense that um, they're going on tour again. They're coming back somehow. They are. Mm-hmm. That that they're going to have a reunion tour, and that would not have happened, I don't think, ten years ago. Really? Though they wrote a song after that. I'm not ready to make nice. Mm-hmm. Was that they're like, screw you, record b- industry? I yeah, don't and care. that wasn't a country. That wasn't a country album. It wasn't. Uh, uh-uh. uh it was like a pop Americana album. It didn't even, you know, I mean, the it won a Grammy too. And by the way, we love the Dixie Chicks. Marcus is still my husband. Is still, you know, friends with Marty and mm-hmm. hangs out. They wrote songs together, and they still yeah. are close. And um, I have so much respect for how they've, I don't know, stood their ground and made. Um, path ahead yeah. at the same time it's hard to do well, anyway that wasn't a country record wasn't a country well 
I was thinking about it, like, and I don't want to go into the politics of war. I've kind of gotten sucked into a few politics conversations for like my last three podcasts, and so we don't want to do that right now. But if they had a stance maybe against war, which is kind of behind maybe the statement, would that be fair to say? Absolutely okay, be fair yeah. to say. And so people after the war, even now Jeb has said we would do things differently, his right. own brother. And so back then— I knew who Jeb was. You didn't have to say his brother. Well, I didn't know. I was just trying to be nice. <laughs> you think because I'm from Tennessee? Mm-hmm. Look, mm-hmm. Jeb Bush— mm-hmm. George. There's an brother. exclamation at the end of his first name, Jeb. Didn't you see it? That's. <laughs> Sorry. You were trying to laugh and cough I at know, the same time because that oh, was funny. Hold on. Mm. Maybe drink that a little louder right into the tea. mic. <laughs> this is tea from Thistle Stop Cafe. Mm-hmm. Can you smell it and through the mic? I don't think that's mm. how microphones work. Oh. Okay. Okay, Jeb, George's brother. Yes. Okay, so there has been a change of attitude about the war afterwards which is exactly kind of what they're talking about before 10 years ago and so they make a prophetic stance as the language i would use in my world which at the time was not well received afterwards everyone be like oh yeah we're all behind that statement Mm -hmm. we support the troops but maybe the war is not exactly the best course of action but they paid a huge price for it and like i think of people in my business who you make a prophetic stance about something and you pay a huge price and then afterwards everyone's just like Oh, yeah, maybe you were right back then. But they don't go back retroactively and, like, redeem the last 10 years of your life when you right. were struggling. Right. That's true. And it's like there's a lot of other people that pay the price. I think about it a lot, um, you know, not just in um, this work, but especially within the institution of the church. Not only, like, when you take a stand and you say, I really do believe in this, and then you get in trouble with the church. It's all the people that are on your staff. And all the people that you want to be a pastor oh, to. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, this is not, I, I, you know, big deal. If I lose my job over this, I could get another job. But it's like, okay, I have eight people that work for me. We have 300 people showing up on Sunday morning. I feel bad. Yeah. You know, that's been, that's what, at least in my mind, the, yeah. the when I, uh, you know, do a little bit of the, seesawing and wondering what should I say or should I not say, you know, and your family and your health care insurance. All those <laughs> things happen in and my And the head. cigars by the pool and yes. the Wall Street Journal exactly, reading. Exactly. Yeah. Huh. No. But that's um, for us in the Episcopal Church, you know, starting really with the ordination of Gene Robinson, there's been a back and forth and a lot of clergy have paid the price for um, saying, you know, we believe in all sacraments for all people. Um, we believe in uh, marriage equality for people. And, you know, it's not just pastors who have lost their jobs. It's, you know, a lot of congregations. And people congregations have split over it yeah. on both sides. And you watch it, and it's, it's hard, mm-hmm. you know, and it's painful for people. But it's exactly when people feel called, and it's like, I ha- it's time for me to say this or act, do this. It's like, you know... We have to be able to be free enough to act on that calling we have. I mean, hmm. this whole journey of Thistle Farms over 20 years has taught me anything. It's like you better go with some of those inklings because hmm. you don't know what births out of that. How do you learn to listen to those even though you know it's going to be hard or it's going to cost you something? Well, you mean epiphanies? I mean, basically. Well, I don't use that word since I'm you not don't? Episcopalian. You all don't use the word epiphany? <gasps> I have a friend named Tiffany, but that's... That's as close as I get to it. Wow. But, I mean, well, the idea of that, of this, like, idea that's born in me or a light. 
Can I start using it? That sounds like a cool thing. Like I have mm-hmm. this epiphany. This epiphany. Isn't we there's just, a bunch of them. I mean, there's a season of it too, right? Mm-hmm. We're in it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'm it's impressed beautiful. I'm so impressed. Um, I have an MDiv. But the, um, you know, like the heavens opening up and hearing the calling. You're yeah, my so beloved son. Yeah. So how epiphanies. Do, there's a million of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you like? How do you follow that? Even though you know. Uh, this sounds like a Rascal Flat song, that there's going to be a broken road. Yeah. That, I completely botched that. Don't tell your husband I screwed I, that up. No, but I keep thinking for that part of it, of that feeling like I need to do this, and you feel this calling and this urge, and you have this like sense that it is an epiphany in my life. Mm-hmm. I think you have to say, <clears throat> I don't ever, I don't want to look back and think I missed this. Hmm. You know, and so it's like knowing that that would be really, really hard. Um that gives me kind of the courage to go, okay, just do it then. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. The water's not that cold after you jump in. It's just the jumping in that's so hard. Yeah. Just, and ah. <laughs> Rawr. Rawr. Yeah, yeah. So the story, you get into Thistle Farms, mm-hmm. you have no business background, uh-uh. and you just say, you're working at Vanderbilt as a chaplain, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. All the stockings paying off mm-hmm. right now. And then you decide we're going to do something to help women who are making the transition from living on the streets, maybe in prison, getting out of prostitution, all this stuff. And you know, I'm going to start this thing. And mm-hmm. it becomes this huge success mm-hmm. because you, you listen to that mm-hmm. epiphany and you follow it. Right. And it's like I don't think always for most of us at least, epiphanies aren't new ideas. It's not like my vision or my idea. Really, the idea is old and Hmm. like to act on this old radical stuff i mean the most radical stuff is the oldest stuff not the newest stuff Hmm. i think really why do you think that because it's this it's the stuff that has been life changing and affirming to people and people try to block it out or say like you know it's we kind of complicate it and make systems out of it and it's just so radical when you get to the heart of like truly loving each other and truly being in community old old stuff it's like powerful and it's scary Mm -hmm. so in other words you take control out and you start with love and it's freaky to people Mm. take control and you start with love Mm -hmm. that sounds like a really jesusy thing that's old right yeah that's just but it was an epiphany for me and i know that since i'm saying it's old stuff not new stuff was there an actual moment where you had this epiphany was it like a gradual thing i would say it's both i mean i think for most of us with the podcast there are moments when we're like oh I'd like to have a podcast and then there's lots of time where it's like this is what the idea yeah. looks like and developing it and it's both those things but for me it was like um, I have to believe that love is this powerful force so let's get a group of women together all prostitutes all on the streets the first five women did you um, know these women before mm-hmm, Okay, most of them and um no authority in the house. Come live free. So it's not a treatment center. It's not all this like you have a house mother and a halfway house and all these rules and everything that piles on top of it. That really these women that I was working with at first would just buckle under that and just yeah. cuss you out and leave as because soon as you they, gave them a rule. I think we t- said this before, but a lot of negativity with authority yeah. before this. And so you can. And so the idea was simply just to go like, let's love each other. Let's really try to figure out what that looks like in practical ways, in deep ways, in financial ways, in theological ways, all that stuff. And it's, I mean, literally, I feel like it was the biggest gift of my life to follow that inkling. It's been the biggest, biggest gift. Hmm. And so I just think 
other people should pay attention to those things too because it would be so sad not to see where that led. Can you think of, have you heard people say, man, I, I had this epiphany that I should have done 10 years ago and I never did it and never, I mean, do you have stories of people oh, you know who have? What about this? I just had a guy come talk to me who had this really, really amazing idea and it came to him. And he said, and he's a very, very successful guy. And he said, um, I had this idea three years ago, and I have been scared of it for three years. And I'm coming to talk to you because I'm not scared of it anymore. Just the idea scared him. It was mm -hmm. so big. And it's a great, great idea. And really? I'll tell you off the podcast because it's not, I'm sure he would not want me to do we, that. We podcast. shouldn't say it. Mm -mm. What if we just kind of bleeped out his name? Mm -mm. No, can't do that at all. That's really good. What if you just drew a picture? I'll just do it with my eyes. <laughs> <coughs> You'll have to, next year I'll tell you all about it. Okay. But it's just his, it's just an, the idea, the important part of that story is not who he is or what the idea is. The important thing is the idea is so powerful it scares you. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, the idea won't let him go mm -hmm. in the midst of all the other stuff he's doing. It's like, it's dancing back there and finally it's like, okay, let's go. Were you, did you have fear to start this, to, to mm, jump into this? Not the housing piece. I never had any fear of that. I never had any fear of starting Thistle Farms. When we started the global marketplace, and we were thinking about, you know, 19 global partners in 19 countries, it was like, who manages that? Who, mm. how, I don't, I couldn't understand it. And, like, again, the idea is, like, you can have an idea as big as you want. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to go with a budget. It doesn't have to go with time, mm -hmm. you know, or anything. And it's like, how how do you get a hold of that idea and live into it? And what I found mm. is that, at least for me, is when it's a good idea, the people come around and help it take on life. So it's no longer your idea. It's a community's yeah. idea. Because yeah. it didn't end up what you thought it was going to be anyway. So... Yeah, there's no control. Like, because mm -mm. this was originally your baby, and then now it's become this life-giving thing for so many people. Yep. And it's and I have no idea what anybody does around here. Really? <laughs> no. It's like I can't really understand how it runs and <laughs> any of it. Really? Well, no. And there's this new CEO now. Really? Mm -hmm. So my job is just to be the president of the company, which means. Lay around the pool, smoking the cigar. cigar. And this, and then the Wall Street Journal. And reading, reading the Wall Street Journal. Seeing, like, what am I going to do with all this Full money? circle, right? Mm -hmm. You thought it was going to be the Dixie Chicks. Mm -hmm. Turns out to be Thistle Farm Body Bomb. Right. And tea. Right. Can I tell you something that was really heartbreaking? One of my science -y friends said some terrible things about essential oils. And I know that's a big part of... The, well, that sounds scary. What was that? Uh, this guy just dropped a box of Roma Tomatoes. And some baby arugula. I hope we don't have to pay for that. No. Okay, so he said, "What about them?" But that when they're not used right, they're bad for you. I don't know what he he said. He didn't believe in them. And I. What told, does that mean? Believe in? Them? I don't know. He doesn't believe in lavender. He's never been <laughs> to the lavender festival. I don't know what. There's a festival for lavender. Oh my gosh, out in um, Squim in the um, peninsula. It's right off Seattle, the co west coast in mm. the Olympic Peninsula. It's the most beautiful sight you've ever seen. France, the lavender festivals in France. Okay. They're, they're all smarter than your quote-unquote friend. Science. Mike. Friend. Science Mike who said that. How? Okay, so I really... I want to debate between he and I. You, would you like... I'm, I'm, I'm proposing that right now. Really? So yes. I, I think we could probably make that happen because... Bring it, Mike. Bring it. He actually likes your stuff. Like mm -hmm. Now you're farms. saying that you're really backing off. No, he said that. It's on the Twitter. 
You can you can check his timeline. I'll I'll send him an email. I'll you want me search Mike on Twitter? Science Mike. Okay. Science Mike. He's got a huge podcast. Is he in Austin? No, he's in Tallahassee. Which oh, we all, oh. Which we all know Tallahassee is the epicenter of good science, right? Well, essential oils. You know, <laughs> Tallahassee essential oils. They're known for that. Um, exactly. Hmm. Okay, so I, I, I read your the letters from a thar- the farm. I can't talk. Luckily, I don't talk for a living. Do you want some coffee or <clears throat> perhaps some moringa tea? Moringa? Moringa. Moringa. We're known for it. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe I'll get some. But do you want some right now? I don't. I don't know. I'll, I'll be fine with this water that I was given. But you know, uh, we're known for our tea. I'm going to try some tea. Okay, but fine. I've got anyway. So your book, it tells you of going to. Well, you didn't say this, but you you go to Rwanda. You're in France. You're in Phoenix. You're like all over. <laughs> do you ever stay in Nashville? It seems like you just travel the world, and you, you go to Austin to eat food by the river. Yes. Um. I do. I have seasons when I'm gone and seasons when I'm here. And I've just come off a seven-week season of being here. And I have loved it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, cleaned out stuff in my house. Cooked. Mm-hmm. Um, got lazy. You know, all those things that you never do when you're on the road. You know, four days a week. And home three days a week. Gone five days a week. Yeah, home four days. You know, it's ne- there's not... Um, a rhythm, but on January 20th, I head back out, and I think the first stint is seven days gone. And that's hard just because the it's not hard keeping up with everything in Nashville. That's nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you can stay connected your whole life. Mm-hmm. What's hard is everything you just miss out on by being present. And you just go like, no, I want to be in the yeah. family picture tonight. I want, you know, they're watching football. Nothing's happening, but you just want to be there. So that part is the only, that's the hardest part. I don't mm-hmm. miss the dogs. I will you, say that honestly. You don't miss the dog. The dogs. We have two huge dogs. What kind are they? Rescue mutts. Rescue mutts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, I've stayed home and I've been taking care of the dogs. And I was like, see ya. Yeah, I'm going to leave. Yeah, I'm going to leave. The boys can are going back to taking care of the dogs. That's good. Last and my mi- husband, probably. Yeah, when he's not writing songs for the Dixie Chicks. Mm, he's right. He's writing so much beautiful music right now. Really? Mm-hmm. When I have Would my he debate, write me a song? when I have a debate with science quote Mike. unquote science, Mike, um, we he, should do it at my house and have Marcus play background music score for it? us. Yes. Is that the right word? Yes. I'm so musicy. <gasps> a musical debate. Can you sing? No, I would have to speak, but we would have an underscore for the dramatic parts when I say, mm-hmm. and then really bum, scary bum, bum. stuff when Mike speaks. It'll yeah. be really scary and really beautiful, soaring music when, when I speak. When you're doing it. Mm-hmm. I wish he could do that right. Can you call him to come be mm-hmm. here for the rest the rest of this podcast? I can. Okay. You uh, would love him. I'd, I'd do already. Mm, he's the best. He, yes. Cow, yes. Do you ever say, cowboy, take me home, like after you eat dinner? Because isn't that a, a line it's from a dick? cowboy, take me away. Take me away. Mm-hmm, not home. So oh. I never say that. Um, <laughs> but I heard the worst person that got the song wrong. Can I say it, what she said? Sure. So the, the song goes, cowboy, take me away. Fly this girl as high as you can into the wild blue. And somebody was singing it on karaoke and saying, cowboy, take me away. Ride this girl as hard as you can into nope. the wild blue. It was awful. We nope. were like, that's not what he wrote. Nope, that's nope. not it. Nope. nope. We're not singing mm-hmm. that one in church. No, no, you can't. No, That's wrong. You don't do that. You don't do that. Mm. Especially in a Church of Christ church. No, you. 
We don't do that. Plus, you don't even play music. We can do an acapella version of that. Do you I, have music in your I, church? Well, currently, right now, no. But when this podcast is aired on Tuesday, we will have announced two days before that we're adding an instrumental service. Seriously? So, so that's we're the last weird, podcast? This is, yeah, this is the end of it. I'm going to be out of a job. No, it's going to go well. They're going to be excited. But oh, I know what you're going to do. What? I know exactly what you're going to do. <laughs> what am I going to do? You're going to have two services, uh-huh. one with music and one without, so that you don't hurt anybody's feelings. <laughs> and then the old people are going to come to the one without, and the young people are going to come to the one with. Okay, first of all, acapella music is music still. Sorry. I meant without instrumental music. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. You know, I think God loves every kind of music, uh-huh. and we're going to offer both opportunities for people to worship in whatever way they want. Right. You know, our version is one service without alcohol in the wine <laughs> and one service with alcohol in the wine at the Episcopal Church. Okay. Everybody's got it. Mm-hmm. I went to a friend. Traditional, contemporary. Mm-hmm. That's yes. what we call it. Ours, ours <laughs> is alcoholic, or yours is alcoholic and sober, and ours is instrumental and acapella. Mm-hmm. So it sounds similar, acapella and alcoholic, but a little bit different. It's just the teeniest bit different. It's priorities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I'm going to the one with music and alcohol. <laughs> I'm sorry, with instruments and alcohol. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. Well, it, whenever you're in Austin, you can I come to whichever you. service you want, but you have to bring your own alcohol because we, we do mm. grape juice. B-Y-O-W? Sure. Yeah. No, it's B-Y-O-B-O-C. Bring your own blood of Christ. Okay, let me ask you a serious question before I get fired, because I think that road was going to lead down a broken road where I was going to get fired at some point. Do yeah. you like how I'm just kind of trying I to do. tie this back I like in? It. I like it. Okay, I, where are we headed? Okay, this is where we're headed. Okay. Okay, so people have asked me, like, Luke, who, who's, like, your favorite guest that people, like, maybe not everyone knew? And I think the answer that I always give is Becca Stevens. Oh my gosh, not, that's so nice. Well, here's you start off really high in the in my book because you know who you referred to me by? Mm-hmm, Barbara. Barbara Brown Taylor. She said, you need to talk to Becca Stevens. And I said, well, if BBT says it, I think I have to do it. Now, how did you become friends with Barbara? I just think great minds think alike. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I think we just write similar, we have similar writing styles. Yes, it's in English. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing that's... On similar. a computer. Yeah, that's... We use the same computer. Yeah, it's actually... The funny thing is, like, I actually sit outside her house. And so when she's typing, I just write it down, and that's how I do my sermon writing. No, I just interviewed her when... Um, I think uh, Learning to Walk in the Dark yeah. dark came out, maybe, and mm. became fast friends after that. I like her so much. Well, here's the thing. People, after listening to the podcast with you, they say, we love Becca Stevens so much. I get that from multiple people where I've had them come on and go, I just love Becca. Mm. And, I, okay, here's my theory as to why I'm such a big fan of, of the Becca Stevens experience is because... When you talk about God, you talk about it from a place of someone who's lived in, like, some really crappy situations mm-hmm. where you're dealing, um, you talk about, like, being in Rwanda on fields that people are literally, like, farming where they have buried mm-hmm. uh, loved ones who were victims of that terrible genocide. And you write about, there's a section in your book about, um, you know, people go to prison and say, we're going to bring Jesus to prison. And you're like, I think Jesus is already there. That's kind of in the Bible. He's kind of said that already, right? And 
and, and like you deal out of brokenness and there is a sense of authenticity and like there's the dirt under the fingernails of like someone who's been in like the duality of as humans we're, we're both dust and divine and like I feel that's like pretty I think you I think I came up with that I'm gonna use it yeah you it's don't mine. have to quote me it's mine if, I if, thought of Destin Divine. Destin Divine. No, I just said uh, it. Destin Divine. No, <laughs> you can't. No, no. No, okay. You can have it. Thank you. I'll give it to you. Thank you. Wait a second. No. It was yours to begin with. Yeah, I don't need you to exactly. give it to me. Exactly. That's a theological lesson. I'm just <laughs> Gosh, you pissed That was good. No, free. that was good, though. Destin Divine. But, but okay. Yeah, so, so there's an authenticity. So you mix that together. And so you, um, your book ends with you saying, like, love has the last word. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You said that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I'm trying to fi- figure out what does it mean for you, like, when you are in, like, some of these really hard situations for people to believe that, like, hope can't be broken and that love does have the last word. Like, mm-hmm. how do you articulate that? Well, I'm going to say that I don't think I'm in hard situations. I think going to visit people in prison is much better than being the one visited. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, for me, it's like, doesn't feel hard. It feels like that's part of all of our calling. And being in Rwanda again that feels like such a great joy and privileges but what I think is what helps people find their authentic voice is beyond what we were talking about earlier the epiphany Mm -hmm. is the commitment so after these ideas that we have it's like Mm -hmm. you have to be in it for the long haul you know everything takes a long time to build it and to ground it and healing doesn't happen overnight it's Mm -hmm. long and so I don't, like, think it's a great idea to go, you know, necessarily unless you just want to have a great experience. Is, you know, you go on a mission trip for a week. Great. That's mm-hmm. not hard. That's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. That's a vacation with a purpose, you yeah. know, with friends. Yeah. And that's – I'm not opposed to it because I think, like I said, I think all of us get to have really fun, great experiences. Yeah. But it's like unless you're going to be in it for years, and I'm not sure how much – change happens within you or within a community you're working in going back so like in the place we go to in ecuador i'm getting ready to go on my 22nd trip which you say always makes you feel lonely Uh uh-huh which is kind of like guago (laughs) and it's what about though we just got a huge check from cokesbury that's now selling all the women's products and you get that check in the mail and you know um it's going direct deposit to the women you know there that are building new lives new houses literally Mm. educating their kids for their first time and you watch it and you're like oh my gosh i got to be a small part of that journey and that connection between cokesbury selling stoles and a group of women you know all survivors in the middle of some pretty harsh conditions in rural ecuador i love it but Mm. you have to go for years and years and years to really make it to figure it out and to make the connection have real relationship and Mm -hmm. they come here and we go there and you know rwanda started 2008 and this year um you know we sold fifteen thousand bottles or something maybe maybe a little bit less but about fifteen thousand bottles of insect repellent made with their geranium that they're growing. Hmm. Take that, science, Mike. <laughs> and um, again, I have thrown down the proverbial gauntlet. Mm-hmm. And they have built farms and rebuilt communities. You know, and it's you heal the women in those communities, and you're healing the whole villages. Hmm. And that is going to take a long time. And so, 
I don't think it's hard. I just think it's long. Okay, but that's the... But it's long. It, there, there are easier roads to hoe that you could have... See, that's a farming metaphor. That you... Like, they're... <laughs> but they're easier to... Stop. Stop. Okay, the, I'm listening. There are easier life choices you could have made where you could have done something, a comfortable life. You could have just done, like, a ladies' Bible study and... Oh, can you imagine... I think you do great at ladies' Bible study. No, I'm saying, but if that was, like, the whole thing, instead of being out in the world and trying to figure out, like, just the depth of loneliness and the depth of joy and the depth of all these things you feel, it's like, I think, I don't want to, I don't think necessarily easy is better at Mm. all. I don't even think that way. Do you? I mean, don't you think, like, like, struggling with it some is, like, so... The things that matter always cost. Uh Like if you don't put anything into it, you probably won't get that much out of it. Right. And do you, like, if you didn't do all this stuff, if you weren't on the road interviewing people and exploring and starting new jobs, then you would think you would get bored, right? Let's let's not compare me doing a podcast to you working with women who are the victims of a genocide. Though, um, no, there's no joke even to make there. There's no comparison. I when I planted a church before I moved to Austin and there was a bunch of missionaries and residents the same time at the same church that was kind of like mm-hmm. my mother church and they were going to Rwanda mm-hmm. and I was and they were like yeah we're both doing God's work and I was like yeah but there's no movie called Hotel Denton right there's like do you know what though <laughs> Rwanda and specifically Rwanda if if you went now it is one of the most fastest developing like Kigali places in the world the it's wonderful. It's inspiring, and it's clean, and mm-hmm. and you know they said something like it because you know after the awful genocide and, and years after the genocide, it was it was harder to go there, but it's kind of like really fun. It's a lot easier mm. than like Northwest Kenya. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You know, or out, uh, you know, not necessarily outside of um, Kigali, but. Within mm-hmm. that part of the world. I mean, it's really fun. You would have a blast, and you're like, wait, this is where everybody's going. I should have been here years <laughs> I mean, this ago. This is fun. Whoa. But, but your original question was, if I wasn't trying things, wasn't challenging myself, yeah, life would not be what it's supposed to be if there mm-hmm. was not effort put into it. And if I would have been like, eh, I don't need to do this. I can just, you know, go home and, and right. watch Sports Center every night instead of growing. Yeah. I think we've had a good podcast. I, I think, think we so talked too. about. What's Epiphany your favorite thing we talked about? Epiphanies and commitments. And mm-hmm. we've talked about... Oh, perf- okay, wait. Your favorite song. Epi- Epiphany, prophecy, and commitments. Those are the three things we talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was fun. I think we should close with a poem. Do you have one? Because you're supposed to have like three points in a poem. Don't they teach you at like preschool to do that? Mm-hmm. When you do homilies, we call them sermons. But um, That's because they're longer. Mm-hmm. Yours Not, are like I didn't say boring. I said longer. Why do you have to even bring the word boring into it? I don't know it? why that came up in my head, and I Gosh. thought, no, I didn't say that. How many sermons of mine did you listen to to come up with that conclusion? No, but here's don't my piece it. of poetry. You want it? Yes. I'm it not was ready startling. To make it was startling to me um, to look up and see the stars. I'd spent so much time looking down, trying not to stumble. That sounds like a song. No, I just wrote it. No, you didn't. Did you did you just relate that? Uh huh. I was thinking about epiphanies, and it's like it's it's so startling to look up and see the stars because most of us spend so much time looking down, trying not to fall. 
You're, you have to be quoting something. I'm not it's quoting funny. anything. <laughs> okay, that was good. You told me to end with something poetic. I just thought that, like, it's... And then you slammed me for it, doing it. No, I'm that. just saying no, it, sounds just, it sounds too good. It sounds too good. I'm not saying that you aren't poetic and you can't... Co- it just sounds too good. It sounds... I couldn't have done that. Yes, you could have. Okay, you end with something poetic and let okay. me slam for give you. Me, I'll give you a second. Give me something to start with. What, are, what, what am I... What's well, either epiphany, prophecy, or commitment? Commitment. Um, I made a commitment to my wife and now we have a wonderful life we have three daughters and a furry dog and i hate being in la because of the smog that's beautiful no way did you just make that Uh, up it's actually a macklemore song okay let me take you around town (laughs) okay let me take you around thanks for checking out newsworthy with norsworthy make sure to subscribe to the podcast on itunes you are now adjourned